Transformers Age of Extinction arrived three years after Dark of the Moon, with a completely refreshed cast outside of the central two Autobots. So I guess we'll find out if Marky Mark and an evil Fraser Crane can fill the dog turd smelling void left in our hearts by Samuel Witwicky. Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings, citizens. Now, Tara is a few years older than me, but don't worry. There's a Romeo and Juliet law that says it's okay to podcast together. I don't like that joke at all. <laughs> of course you don't like that joke. Of course you don't. <laughs> Why would you like that joke? More, more on that later. If you've seen the movie we're about to talk about, you know exactly why I'm making that joke. We have been working through the Transformers franchise, building up to the new one coming out, and we're on the fourth entry. We're on Transformers Rise... No, that's the new one. We're on Transformers Age of Extinction. That's the problem, is I feel like Rise of the Beast and Age of Extinction feel that they're interchangeable as titles. Because mm-hmm. you could call this Rise of the Beasts, and it'd be like, yeah, that works for dinosaurs. That works. Sure. Age of Extinction? Okay, so that doesn't really fit an ape. But I it, mean, it, there might be an extinction-level event going on in that one. There might be. We don't know yeah. yet. So, yeah, we're for Transformers. We'll start spoiler-free, as we always do. This came out in 2014? So three years after uh, Dark of the Moon, and I remember just being surprised that Michael Bay was coming back because it felt like he was sick of doing them, and then he ended up doing two more, which is really weird. I guess he was getting paid an absolute shit ton. But he he comes back for this fourth one, which obviously has Optimus and Bumblebee back, but it doesn't have a single human character back from the prior three films. We got a full reset. Which... Ish. I mean, it's still set in the same world. They referenced the fact that there was a war in Chicago in the third movie, but yeah, uh, you know, we'll talk about some of those like weird qualities to like transitioning into this new movie and things that feel like they should be popping up that aren't, and so on and so on. Uh, but this is the longest of them so far. In fact, I believe it's the longest in general. Uh, the the fifth one's back to about the same length as the last two, so. <sighs> This is <laughs> this movie's two hours and forty five minutes, and Oof. I felt every minute of it. Yeah, it's rough. It's it's rough, rough, rough. I mean, I actually think that there's a Terra out there that would enjoy these movies if they were like ninety minutes long, because you would get to cut out so much terrible stuff, and then you'd be left with robots, you know, and and the robots are fine. Yeah. Uh, Tara Reed, maybe? Maybe she likes these. Just because her name's Tara? Well, you literally said there's a Tara out there. Like a like a version of me out I know, there, I, like I, in another multiverse, you know? I know what you meant. I was just making a silly joke, okay? Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> All right, fine. No, sell it. Tara's not... All right, I just watched this movie. <laughs> Tara's not a transforming bit right now. Or a joking mood, rather. Or a transforming mood. It was just transforming. I don't know. All right. Tough crowd today, everyone. Uh, so we're going to get to Age of Extinction, uh, which replaces Shia LaBeouf with Mark Wahlberg, which, on a personal note, is not... Uh, I don't like Mark Wahlberg. I've never liked Mark Wahlberg. I don't like him in basically anything. I think he <laughs> plays the same character and everything. He's just this bland asshole, and that's what he is in this. But... 
you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to all of it. So, um, there's no point in even giving you a premise because honestly, <laughs> I don't even know if I can. I like without just talking about how actually going through it and talking about how all the the details. I don't think I can give you a summary because at this point, this movie's so bloated with multiple villains and like the motivations and where like Optimus is at the start and everything that I just I don't think I can. So I'm just going to skip straight to the question. Um, I had seen this once before. Uh, this is the last one I saw, so the fifth one will be a will be a, a, a fresh viewing for me. But whoa, this was the first time for Tara, so yes, I am suspecting. I I can I can roughly guess what you're going to say to me now, but we'll we'll go through the the process, due process, all that. <laughs> How did you feel about Transformers: Age of Extinction? Well. Um, I did not like it very much. Uh, <gasps> I did. What? I, uh, shock. <laughs> I actually thought it was not terrible for the beginning because we had all new characters and we had all new, I don't know, like it, it's still not as annoying as the second one. The second Revenge of the Fallen, I think is still like. It's still the worst the, one. Yeah, worst. Nah, I, I agree. It, it's like borderline unwatchable. This one at least is watchable, but boy, does it test that for me because <laughs> the last third of this film is so challenging to pay attention like uh, my yeah. phone is just like looking at me the whole time like you know you want to check your email you know you want to <laughs> check your finances you know you want to see if there's any youtube comments or something like just <laughs> anything <laughs> but watching this movie yeah I, honestly <laughs> Joe jo, I think it the weird thing is, I'm not, it doesn't make me think any better of the last one, necessarily. But I will say, we, we talked in the last one about how the last like 40 minutes or so was like non-stop action. Almost to a fault, because it needed to maybe take breathers. But what I will say is that at least that had like big set pieces that I felt like... I could remember like lots of big things from that last 40 minutes of that movie. There was moments that I, you know, kind of liked. You know, Optimus yeah. doing something cool, or uh, a moment of... Like, the last 45 minutes of this, it's just, like, there's so much going on. There's so many plot threads that have been set up. There's, like, little inconsistencies that I'll, I'll bring up, but it, it's, like, it feels like they didn't know what to do with this one, and as a result, it, it really felt like the last one was billed as, like, the final of the trilogy, and then the studio said, we want more, and as a result, this one just feels like regurgitated ideas. It feels like we don't have yeah. the same big you know because for for whatever it's worth that final 40 minutes of transformers 3 did feel like the big conclusion to a trilogy it was like, okay this is as far as we can go with this action this is the most outrageous we can do with it this is the biggest and the the boldest and the most whatever Th this one it's just kind of like okay it feels like we're taking a step back and it's not even like it's better on a personal level <laughs> because like <laughs> Oh, it's just it's just it's just it's just really messy it's a really messy movie that i still think puts it underneath one and three even if there's not as uh, as many annoying characters or moments like it's definitely dialed down a little bit in that sense at, at least as far as like bad comedy goes although there is still a lot of comedy that does, does not land that is really yeah I mean, yeah. T.J. Miller's in this movie, and, like, every line that comes out of his mouth is just, like, a, a thud of, like, trying to be funny. Um, I, 
I mean, I shouldn't say that that I don't hate T.J. Miller. I I used to not hate T.J. Miller. Like the the actual guy is, seems like a pretty terrible person, but the, when he was on screen, I didn't used to hate him because I really loved uh, Silicon Valley, which mm. is a show he was in, and he was really funny in that. And so, like, I could see how he fulfills that like Polly Shore niche <laughs> for modern day, <laughs> you know. And yeah, yeah, like he's he's not really in the movie that, that much, so at least there's that. But like, it, he's definitely not as bad as any of the comic relief from two. I mean, that's fair. And even the third one, well, we were saying the third act was better. Did have a lot of stupid comedy, like everything with John Malkovich and the last one and all that yeah. stuff. Really, really bad. Um, yeah, but like, it's, yeah, there's, there's like a scene early on where, like, Mark Wahlberg throws him a football, and the joke is is that he can't catch it and then when he tries to throw it back he like just aims it down at the chair and it bounces back and like hits him or whatever and it's just kind of like this is painfully unfunny what, what, what are we doing right just get on with it this movie's almost three hours long get on with it for f's sake <laughs> like, so yeah you get that uh, i think the, the, honestly the biggest problem with the characters in this which is you know mark rollwig's his father he's got a teenage daughter and then she's got a boyfriend that's kind of her main trio is I just think they're all kind of uninteresting. Like, they're not, like... <sighs> yeah, they're not, like, um... I don't know. I, I don't have the hate for Mark Wahlberg that you do. I think he's very clearly from the Boston part of Texas. <laughs> In this movie. <laughs> and, like, buying him as an inventor of robots is pretty... Is it, that's a reach. Um... <laughs> Or like a hacker. He, he's almost like Neil bringing it up in this where he just is great at everything. <laughs> <laughs> he's your action guy. He's your inventor. He's your scientist. He's uh, a hacker. It, whatever you need, he, he could do it. He's the best at it. <laughs> but he's also the worst at it because he's making nothing from doing any of it. He's poor. Yeah. He's losing yeah. his house. All, all that shit. He does it for the art. <sighs> yes, the art of invention and all that. Um... Uh, not to you know completely abandon we're going to get a proper actor to be in the bad movie we have stanley tucci in a role which we'll get into when we're going through it Uh, more people that you like in a transformers film for some reason yeah kelsey Grammer's in here and his character's pretty laughable at times um obviously kelsey Grammer is a person not so great as he's got some pretty eh political views to be honest but obviously you know i'm a fraser fan i like fraser I enjoy Frasier from what I've seen. People people tend to like Frasier. Uh, so he's he's there. Uh, other than that, you know, th- there's definitely less people in it. The, you know, it doesn't jump around quite as much early on in the movie as maybe some of the previous films did. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, though, there are some other, like, minor characters that feel like they're going to be a big deal that are introduced, like, right at the start. And then basically just pop up again but have nothing to do. And I'm like, why did we bother introducing this blonde? Because... Like, it felt she was important. Like, she's in the opening scene. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then she just disappears and, like, just never becomes that important. I don't know. Um, there's she's like the other a, expert that we need, need to have later on or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Titus Welliver, who I know from Lost, but people know from Supernatural. And, yeah, he's uh, a familiar face. Yeah, he, he's in here. Uh, he He's a really, like... One thing I noticed with this, between him and Kelsey Grammer, like, Michael Bay really tried to make them both look, like, really cool with a lot of Dutch angles and, 
uh titus is like wearing like a long black coat a lot even though he's you know like there's a lot of like look at these slick you know cia <laughs> black ops dudes kind of thing there's a lot of that. looks like um mr garibaldi a little bit he was he's like got, maybe slimmer he's got a meaner there. face but i can see what you're i can see what you're saying yeah if he showed up and said he was garibaldi's older brother or something like that i'd be like yeah okay i I, I could i could see it yeah (laughs) there were some angles where i'm just like oh that looks like um can't remember the name of the actor who played him but Mm. no it's uh yeah so joe what's so funny is that Mm. this movie like i said has less really stupid stuff you know it doesn't have the 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 Malkovich stuff from the last movie, it doesn't have the Ken Jeong stuff from the last movie, it doesn't have the college stuff from the second movie, and it almost is like, it, that wouldn't like make it a good movie, don't get me wrong, there's too much other stuff that's just kind of bad mm-hmm. to to save it, right? <laughs> but, but, it it's almost like it saved all of the stupidity for one moment that everyone remembers, and it's the thing that I referenced at the start of this episode, which is the Romeo and Juliet law, which... It's one thing to bring up when it's, you know, contextual. Um, it's another thing when the older boyfriend has it laminated in his wallet so he can whip it out when anyone questions why he's dating a 17-year-old. Does he also have to have proof that they started dating when they were both underage? Yeah, I, I don't know how you prove that. Look, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I understand to it. Like, there has to be a little bit of a grace period because if two people... Let's say the age of consent where you love is 18, right? And there's two 17-year-olds who are together, and one turns 18. You can't immediately say, okay, this is, like, you know, immoral and awful. And it's like, no, there has to be a little bit of a grace period. But... No, the reason that we hate this so much, though, is not that, you know, maybe that law exists or not. It's that it's put in this so that we can use gratuitous shots of oh, yes, Mark Wahlberg's yes. daughter, underage daughter, that people can jerk off to later. Yes, no, that no. that's all it's there for. It's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, my problem with it's more the fact that the, the the laminated card, like the idea of like having this on hand to show people, because you know people are going to bring this up, because people are going to ask because about maybe it. it's. Maybe it's wrong. Yes, because maybe <laughs> it's wrong. Um, it, what's weird, though, is that there's a three-year age gap here, and she's like, no, nah, we did date before he turned 18. Like, you know, I was, like, 15, and he was 17 or, or 18. And I'm like, okay. Like, that's the only way this could have worked. Yeah, I don't... Uh... <laughs> Which... Or she was 14, and he was 17. Well, she said sophomore, right? And he was a senior. 14, 17 sounds really bad, to be honest. I feel like... <laughs> 14 feels too yeah, young. 14, uh, that's a child. Yeah, four, <laughs> sure. yeah that, uh, that's... <laughs> I think I have more problems with a 17-year-old dating a 14-year-old than I do, like, uh, an 18-year-old dating a 17-year-old, like, by well, far. Like, I mean, I know it was a while for us now, but even in high school, like, every grade felt very different like the age did, gap yeah. you know like felt huge like the seniors when you first get to high school those are like adults you know <laughs> oh you yeah look at them <laughs> there, there's a there's a tv and movie thing that i don't think translates to the real world which is when i was in high school i don't think there was almost any intermingling between the different no. grades like no, they're never. all very like it entrenched. was very rare if somebody was like dating someone who was a year younger 
you know that was yeah that maybe happened but like the, it was pretty rare but it was like only usually one you year. stuck with your your age group yeah but if it did happen it would be one year difference it wouldn't be yeah multiple years no that's gross <laughs> it, would, it wouldn't be. it keep it keep in mind that in the uk high school you know like we don't have the three schools we only have two so we have primary one through seven then we have high school which is years one through six mm-hmm. rather than the three fours right um so when you go to high school in the uk you know you're like 12 and like you know the the six years are 17 and some of them will hit 18 before they leave so yeah as it, it very much as like you get to high school and you're 12 and you look at the the as you would call them seniors walking around and they do look like adults comparatively obviously now yeah. when i look at someone who's like 17 18 i'm like you look like a baby He's a baby yeah compared, <laughs> to, compared to how i feel now but you know at the time they look so old they look oh shit there's like adults walking around in school uniforms what's, what's going on here this is weird why not so, why not just make the daughter 18 it just seems like such a simple fix because they wanted to have all these jokes they wanted uh, if you can even call them that it's either the joke or like we want to exploit this girl as barely legal or like you know underage yeah. like a minor like oh you like looking at minors butts here you go and what even makes it worse is that there's a line from T.J. Miller early on where he says, oh, you, she looks hot. She looks hot. And Mark Wahlberg's like, what'd you say? And he's like, you know, and had like a teenage kind of way. And he's like, oh, that makes it better. I'm like, nothing about that sentence was good. <laughs> no, obviously, the, the one like asterisk here as a viewer, obviously, is that the actress is not actually quite that young. The actress will be actually of age. Which is, you know, whatever. But, you know, this is something that... And this is not this... Like, obviously, lots of movies and shows are guilty of saying, hey, here's some hot teenagers and, like, you know, whatever. But it's it's one thing to have that, like, meta level where, okay, we're watching something where they're technically supposed to be teenagers, but we all understand that they're all, like, 20, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. And they're all sort of on their own in their own world versus no no we're actually bringing up in plot that they've got an older boyfriend and we're going to constantly point out that this shouldn't be okay <laughs> but we're going to sort of keep making the excuse why it is okay um so yeah it's it's the thing that everyone remembers from this it's it's, it's you know it's just i don't know it's just, it's, it, it's it's it feels so michael bay <laughs> do you think michael bay is just like trolling us now where he's like i'm just gonna put on display <laughs> All the people who watch my movies, like, I'm just going to point out the flaws here and exaggerate them by making this girl, this character underage and a sex symbol for you. Yeah, well, yeah, because that's, I mean, actually, to my point, right, in the first movie, and it wasn't good, don't get me wrong, like, we we complained about the over-sexualization of uh, Megan Fox's character, but that wasn't, like, it didn't have that layer of creepy to it, it was just kind of tacky, you know, Mm -hmm. the problem wasn't that she was technically someone who was just leaving high school. It was like, cause yeah, again, we know all the actors are whatever age and it's fine. Who cares? But it was more just that it's getting in the way of the story and it's just, you know, this tacky thing that, that he's doing. Uh, whereas here, this girl's basically the same age she was, but it feels like because they're pointing this out and they're making this, you know, Romeo and Juliet law clause, uh, like well-known and whatnot, that, yeah, I don't know. It just, it feels worse. <laughs> Feels worse. I feel. I feel dirty. I want you. You know. I need. I need to go like shower and watch. Wash this thing off me. 
Well, I mean, she's also got Michael Bay's uh, preference of being just way too oily. <laughs> well, that's not just a woman, though, to be fair. He likes no, to make everyone... The whole, the whole movie is just <laughs> super Miami sunscreen <laughs> level of, like... <laughs> That's what everyone looks like. They look like they just come off the beach from Miami, covered in sunscreen, so they're very shiny. It's always summer in Michael Bay movies. <laughs> it's always summer. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I mean, is there anything else I even want to say before we just start working through the movie? I, I don't think there's much. Uh, I, 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 I like the the voices of the Transformers in this one. We get John DiMaggio, who plays Bender, so that was fun to hear. This one's got John Goodman in it. Who's instantly recognizable as John Goodman, as is Ken Watanabe. The they have the fat one, yeah. so they got John Goodman, like a well, big guy. And they have the samurai <laughs> Autobot, which actually, one of my complaints about this is that like all the Autobots have just swapped into different Autobots from the last mm-hmm. movie. With no explanation, like why is there now a samurai Autobot? Why is there now a John Goodman like cigar chomping Autobot? I guess they've been on Earth hiding. But where's okay? Where's Sideswipe then? Where's you know the other couple of ones that whose names I'll never remember because <laughs> they maybe still with Sam Witwicky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... Oh, I hate the name of our protagonist in this too. Oh, Cade Yeager. Cade Yeager. <laughs> So, we gotta make an extra cowboy because he's so Bostonian. Honestly, so. <laughs> the names are all pretty rough. We got Kay Jaeger, his daughter Tessa Jaeger, the boyfriend played by Jack Rayner is called Shane Dyson. Uh, Stanley Tucci's character is Joshua Joyce. <laughs> These are all pretty rough names. <laughs> gonna lie. Yeah, they needed a second pass. <laughs> It does, it's, you know, the whole thing feels like a first draft. It, it just feels like someone stuffed as much as they could into a script and Paramount went, yep, ship it, right? Start start shooting. Yeah, you know how James Cameron's like, I, I shot nine hours of footage for Avatar 2, but I was able to get it down to, what, like three hours or something? Like, Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to shoot a bunch of stuff and then see what needs trimming and mm-hmm. make a cohesive movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, just to clarify that statement, he his original cut was nine hours. I'm sure what they shot was probably thousands of hours. Probably, yeah. Probably. <laughs> if, if, if someone Which shot... is more impressive, right? Yeah. If someone shot like even just like an 80-minute movie but only had like nine hours of footage, that would actually be like really economical. Like, damn, you did that quick. That's like two days of shooting. <laughs> yeah, a lot of... Uh... Yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of uh, a lot of a lot less takes. That's the Neil Breen method. <laughs> a better filmmaker than Michael Bay. I love how you put yourself in a car. You didn't know how to finish the sentence. So you thought I'm just going to bring up Neil Breen and hope no one knows. I'm just Breen anything out of it. <laughs> uh, it was most. It was just a slip of the tongue that I was making fun of. There's no nothing to be, nothing to be upset about. I'm not upset or ashamed by. Well, you should Still be not that. Well, no, but Michael Bay should be ashamed, which is... Mm. I was trying to make a segue. Was, uh, <laughs> mm. uh, Shame on you, Michael Bay. Unless you're trolling us, then then I'm proud of you. I'm not. <laughs> He's playing the long game, I'm, I'm not, sure of it. I'm not proud of shit. They probably were like, we need you to make a fifth one. You said, really? <laughs> After that thing I made, you still want me to make another one? 
all the transformers also turn into product placement in this one it's super it's probably the worst one so far for product placement there's some dodgy product placement in this one yeah no. i mean the, the, i mean all these have been very product placement heavy but this one especially this one's pretty egregious again i think maybe he's trolling us there's a point where like a truck of bud light gets knocked over and mark Wahlberg in the scene actually grabs one and starts drinking it It, it's it's pretty egregious out of spite (laughs) (laughs) but i still agree i don't care it's still egregious so there's an oreo transformer also from an oreo vending machine where are these vending machines that's amazing. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's that's just the spoilers. Then let's start talking about the movie because there's a lot to to get into here. Um, so yeah, is this is how much they keep like retconning into like the history of this universe? So because remember the second movie started with we were here before, and it shows you like the fallen and like all those like early primes like in Africa and all that stuff. This time we're going further back. We were here before. Whoever created us actually killed the dinosaurs. Brother. <laughs> I realized I was in a bit of a Hulk Hogan fast there as I was trying to talk to his prime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sam Witwicky. <laughs> <laughs> That's Macho Man, but good try. <laughs> I was going for Macho Man. It's the only one I know. <laughs> Hulk Hogan's easy. You just have to put on the voice and end every brother. sentence with the word brother. What does Stone Cold do? Uh, well, he chugs beer, but he he says things like "Give me a hell yeah," and you'll see that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. Uh, <laughs> I'm coming after you, son of a bitch! Oh hell yeah! He's very Texan. <laughs> I can't do Texan, but he's got a very Texas kind of thing going. <laughs> that's how little you want to talk about Transformers. Like Peter, do more impressions of wrestlers that I don't. <laughs> Now do Jesse Ventura. <laughs> do the oh, rock. I wish I could. I wish I could do Jesse Ventura, because yeah, because he was a he was a really good commentator back in the day. So he he has a lot of memorable moments. I can't do his voice though. It's too it's too. Oh yeah, <laughs> dig it. <laughs> yeah, dig it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Snap into his limb, Jim. Yeah, bones always ready. That's for me, Spider Man scene. I know. <laughs> Just in case. I got you the for best three. Scene in that movie. Three minutes of play time. <laughs> <laughs> best scene in that movie. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with that, to be honest. I, I don't think that movie's that great. Like, I think I'll, people have nostalgia for it, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll pop for Macho Man. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> Yes, so, yes. It's a, after a little bit of teasing of, like... It actually, it gave me 65 flashbacks because we're seeing, like, these ships, like, nuke Earth and the wall of fire was consuming the dinosaurs and I'm like, this just looks like 65. Yeah. Which is still relatively fresh in my mind. <laughs> I mean, don't ask me to explain it because I can't because it's a very forgettable movie, but... <laughs> we did see it and it wasn't that long ago. No. Adam Driver was pretty in it. If he's your sort of thing, I suppose I. Who isn't at this point? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Any pretty male celebrity will do for me. All right. 
I'm technically starting naming names, but that's a, a rabbit hole we should not go down. Now, so we, we're introduced to blonde lady who finds in the ice a giant robot dinosaur. Which doesn't even make sense to me, given where the, the robot dinosaur characters come from later on, but whatever. They find a giant robot dinosaur in snow in ice. Antarctica? I think so. There was a lot of ice. I, <laughs> I don't know. But then we, we, we were introduced to Mark Wahlberg. We're interested. He's this guy who collects junk and tries to fix it because he wants to invent things. He's got a lot of crappy inventions around the house. Why would you do standard robotics for inventions when Transformers exist? Because he's an idiot. <laughs> you know it's like right. a strange path to go down you know i'm right it, uh where she sees daughter who has a really sort of generic like character introduction where she's with her friends and she's like oh we're almost done with school then we can get wasted woo and i'm like this is like a generic go like, to college <laughs> like you're right out of like a slasher movie just like saying generic teenage lines before you get yeah. stabbed they're driving off to the leatherface movie <laughs> yeah you never see your friends again so they may they may all be dead we don't know that we don't, we don't know for a fact on that uh so, they're in texas they're a group of hotties that's true we're in texas yeah could, could, yeah the chainsaw massacre house might be like two miles down the road for all we know boy that would have been a great crossover <laughs> Leatherface versus the Decepticon. Wait, why is he fighting the villains? I feel like Leatherface <laughs> is a bad guy. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, TJ Miller works for Mark Wahlberg. They're looking for junk in this old theater. There's a couple of bad jokes, but the big thing here is that they find a truck. It's a and it's a flat face truck. Which is what Optimus Prime is in the cartoon, right? That's what he's actually supposed to look like. Uh, he's all dirty, though. You can barely see the colors on him because he's just, like, covered in shit. Um, he's in hiding. He, well, he's not just in hiding, though. He's actually hurt, like, you know, because he fixes him later. But he... Obviously, we immediately get, okay, this is Optimus, but he doesn't know it's a Transformer yet. So he just wants it for scrap. He wants it to fix it up or maybe just sell the parts, whatever. Uh, so that sets up where we find Optimus. And... Throughout this, you know, it cuts away at some point to Kelsey Grammer in the most over-directed scene, maybe in the whole movie, where he's, like, got a projector and he's, like, talking to a room full of people and he's explaining how, ah, the uh, Transformers, they brought war to our world and we must hunt them all down, like, Decepticons and Autobots, blah, 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 blah. But there's a lot of, like, low-angle shots looking up at him with the projector light going past them. It's just a lot of really, like... Was there an American flag at one point? Oh, maybe. Very, it's all very ominous and, and stuff. And there's a second scene with him where the press secretary? No. Is it the Reno 911 guy? Yeah, him. Whatever his role was. And he's there, he asks the questions on behalf of the president. And apparently Kelsey Grammer is so powerful with his Black Ops team that he just he can just say no. <laughs> the president doesn't need to know what we're doing. Uh <laughs> because that's a whole... what black ops is black <laughs> ops means president doesn't have to know <laughs> and it keeps us safe I, I don't think that's exactly true <laughs> 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 I 
this is like an independence day when they're like oh by the way area 51's real but plausible deniability <laughs> you didn't have to know mr <laughs> president <laughs> uh, i don't know but though the second third and fourth in command all know what so did he not go through the ranks before he ran for president like who like surely some people who run for president have had those positions prior not all of them obviously but some of them would have no, President Bill Pullman had a lot going on. He didn't need to have Area 51 on his mind all the time. I suppose, I suppose. So, I mean, a lot of this early stuff is just kind of like them in the farm, him being like, don't date, you're not allowed to date until after graduation because we had you and I missed my graduation because I was at the hospital when you were born. And what, what, what are you fidgeting with? Oh, my... I my phone was on vibrate. I didn't mean to have it on vibrate. So, uh, it's just, you know, he's the protective dad. It's, t- you know, 101. She's got a secret boyfriend she's talking to in Skype. Blah, 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 blah. All normal stuff. Um, But we see that the Black Ops team and the actual guy in the field who's running them is the Titus uh, Weveler character, whose name is James Savoy. I don't remember hearing that once in the entire movie. <laughs> so, I don't think I did either. That's okay. He had a distinct enough look yeah know. yeah he he they're hunting down what you think is a decepticon at first but it turns out to be ratchet although i didn't realize it was ratchet until someone said his name because the vehicle looked different and it was a different voice actor doing the voice mm-hmm. but the, the twist here is that they're working with a transformer uh turns out someone called lockdown who his head turns into a big cannon and shoots <laughs> ratchet very megatron uh well from one of the megatron toys yeah but not from the movies he's not done that in the movies <laughs> that's true so we we have them working with this third party this who you know it doesn't seem to actually be the septicon he's kind of like just uh something else he's just another he's transformer like the, um he's like the cleanup guy he's like the guy you call <laughs> when the transformers have made a mess of something uh, he 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 complains, you know, this character he complains that he's been going around following while Autobots and Decepticons fight each other out, and then he has to pick up the pieces. What's funny is, I don't even think this was on an episode, but we were we were talking recently about uh, the creation of the Transformers, and this movie actually starts to like get into that, where yeah. Lockdown says he's come from the creators and says, you know, you, know, you weren't born Optimus, you were built, and the creators want you back. So, What's so funny about this movie is that this is the first one, which is weird given that it's four movies in and it's the first time that it's actually setting things up for another movie. Because the the previous movies didn't do that. The previous movie just ended, wrapped everything up, and then it was up to the next movie to somehow like set up more plot continue again. Yeah, a story or not continue a story, but repeat the story in a new yes. and annoying way. <laughs> Whereas this one actually does plant, uh, pardon the pun, because there's actually a seed later on, but it plants some seeds for what the fifth movie presumably will be doing. Mm. Uh, and that's... I didn't know that that's what the, th- the fifth one is. Well, I don't really know much about the fifth one, but Optimus does have a sword and it's called The Last Night and he does get the sword in this movie. So it does feel like it, there, there at least was some thought about where it was going mm-hmm. in the next one. A little bit at least. Okay. When was that one? Was that like 2018 or something? Uh, I would say 2017 is when that came out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. And then 2019 was Bumblebee. Yeah. Or no, maybe 2018. Yeah. 
So, so we have this this uh, transformer called Lockdown, who's working with the Black Ops team to hunt down Autobots and Decepticons, but he mainly wants Optimus Prime. His mission is to retrieve Optimus Prime. And I'm going to skip ahead here because I think it's easier to explain this if we can just do it as a whole rather and like just doing it bit by bit as we get to the scenes. So he's making a deal with Kelsey Grammer and the Black Ops team, and he's giving them the seed, which is basically a seed that can create Transformium. <laughs> no, no thoughts on the word Transformium. I mean, it's stupid, but it's also named by the humans, so true, true. It's fine. I, I mean, that's that's fair. I still roll my eyes when Stanley Tucci said it, but uh, and Stanley Tucci's character, so his whole thing is he is like this potshot billionaire inventor who is using Transformium to build their own devices that can transform and they kind of go but they don't transform like the autobots and decepticons they transform they, they go into like cubes and sort of reform and honestly it takes all the fun out of the transformations away because it's just like magic yeah totally i i don't approve of this at all yeah. i think it looks bad i think the the animation for it doesn't look good and yeah it takes away the fun of like watching them transform which we do get some good transform scenes in this film but mm. like it's still uh, like there's one moment where he like he's holding it and it kind of looks like Mr. DNA or something like it's just yeah. swirling about and like a it looks like a 2D animation on a 3D and then turns into Beats by Dre. <laughs> Some product placement for you there. Yes. <laughs> and then turns into a gun and no one. I hated it. I yeah. hated it. And then so no much. one stops and thinks if we have matter that we can literally just swap into different objects at, at choice, that feels very dangerous given the things you could have it. Like, I feel like you'd have to have some safety features like built into it to stop weapons being made. Just a thought, but... And does it shoot bullets or does it shoot transformium? Why can't a bullet be made of transformium? Um, it seems like that would be a waste of transformium. True. But where does all the ammo come from that the transformers are shooting all the time? Yeah. Don't know. It's a good question. But anyway, so Stalitich is this billionaire inventor and he's building their own Transformers, right? That they can control. That's like part of the gimmick of this. And he's working with the Black... He's working with Kelsey Grammer. They're working in cahoots. Kelsey Grammer, you know, went to him and it's like, oh, we can do all this. Then it turns out, as the movie goes on, you kind of realize that Kelsey Grammer's basically doing all this stuff like in secret and he's basically hoping that he'll have all this power and they'll be finished before he gets caught because... The government think he's just going after Decepticons, but he's actually killing Autobots as well. And there's a lot of, like, we see, like, billboards and stuff talking about, oh, you know, fear aliens because look at what happened to Chicago. Like, you know, if you, if you see an alien, call them in. It, do you know what? If this was any other franchise, I would say there was, like, an attempt at political commentary here about, you know, if you see an immigrant, make sure you rat on them. But this yeah, is... Yeah, or even, like, um, like, this is very much, like, post-9-11 also. Because mm. even the posters are kind of, like, remember Chicago and stuff like that. And you can easily replace that with just oh, sure, the yeah. Twin Towers. So, it it could be a commentary on, like, Patriot Act or, like, on, on something else. Wait, like But it's not. Using fear-mongering <laughs> to do something worse, like the Iraq War or something like that, you know? So, like, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not. Like, I, I will really say this. But I know for a fact, I just know that none of this is intended commentary. It could <laughs> in have been movie. accidental. It could have been accidental. I don't think for a second that, that Michael Bay has actually got unless, anything to say on these subjects. Unless he's trolling us. Maybe it's all part of the long con. We'll see. You haven't seen the fifth film. 
that, that's true that's true i don't know um well he's just michael bay like on the screen his face telling us for three hours about how we're all failures <laughs> and horrible people for buying tickets for his films <laughs> so yeah it's just the... like shoshana <laughs> but michael bay <laughs> so stanley Tucci's company is making their own transformers and he's trying to make one that's like optimus prime because they want them to look like the good guys right but they, they point out that oh, but it keeps ending up looking like a weird like evil looking version of megatron and it turns out they're actually they've got megatron's uh, head and they're and immediately and i remember thinking this because i'd forgotten all this but as soon as this happened i was like oh yeah i remember thinking the first time i saw this immediately like Ah, oh, so yeah, Megatron's actual soul or brain is like, going to be leaking into this like new thing. It's called Galvatron, but it's basically just Megatron reincarnated, effectively. Yeah. Um, so that and that's the that's the big problem when we get to the third act is that we have Galvatron and his team of like created Transformers from Stanley Tucci's like side of things, and then we also have this. Uh, oh, what did I say? It was called Lockdown. Uh, coming back for Optimus and like. These two plots don't merge together that well at all in the third act. Mm-hmm. It feels like we just bounce between them to a point where at one point I said, wait, did Galvatron die already? And I missed it. And if it wasn't for the fact that there's one small bit right at the very end where you see him looking over the city going, I'll be back, Optimus. I'll be like, I, I, I really would have thought he just died somewhere because it felt like he just disappeared somewhere yeah. with no explanation in the middle. Are we supposed to assume that these this army of Galvatron like creatures that the red ones that all look kind of like Bumblebee are all soulless. I think so. So they're just kind of like drones for, for Galvatron. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're made by humans, so they wouldn't be the same. So it's the idea that the, the transformers are made from transformium, but they still need the art all spark to like come to life. Yeah, to give them or to a, have like yeah. a soul. Yeah, to have their soul, effectively. Yeah, that that seems to be what the movies have been telling us up till this point, at least. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to like because whenever they were talking about this stuff in the film, I was like, oh, yeah, I thought it was the Allspark. Like, why is this? It just seemed to be like forgetting the, the, the All, first film. The Allspark gives second. gives them life, but the Transformium material is created by the seed. Okay. <laughs> that that seems to be. The and thing. the seed is created by the Transformers creators. Yes, whatever they may be. Maybe we'll find out in the next movie. Humans from the future. Godformers. That's what I'm going to call them. Godformers. Jesus in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, and actually, that, that thing I mentioned where Galvatron just disappears during the third act because it's time for the lockdown stuff, even though he's not at a proper ending. There's a lot of moments in this movie where, like, all of a sudden optimus is on his own even though the autobots were there like a second ago and i'm like why are they not around anymore for this scene because optimus has to be on his own for this fight and similar in the third act there's a point where like all the stuff's going down in china and like bumblebee and the john goodman autobot are like fighting off all the hordes and i'm like where are the rest of them and then it, it, after like five minutes it cuts to optimus and the other autobots for some reason even though they were on the same ship as the other characters before they went into the forest and I'm like, why are they in the forest? <laughs> like, there's just there's so many times where like just it felt like characters should be together, and all of a sudden some weren't there. And yeah, it, and it, these were the scenes where humans were really in danger, like the yes. ones that Optimus is supposed to care about. There's so many moments in this movie during that that last fight too, where I was just like, well, they're dead. 
oh, they're dead. Mm. They're dead. Like, if that happened, they would just bladder everywhere. <laughs> but, you know, we should talk about Optimus, because, like, I'll give at least a little bit of credit that there was an attempt here to give Optimus kind of, like, a potentially interesting arc, where when he finds out that his own, like, Autobots are being hunted by a bad team of humans, he's basically, okay, F this planet, F humans, we're not going to save them anymore. And I'm like, okay, that that's... I, on paper, that's interesting, right? I don't think it's actually done that sure. well in the movie. If this was a ninety-minute movie, it <laughs> might be decent, or it might be like you know a six. Or, or at least, see if it just focused on that. See if it was like take out lockdown, take out all that shit. If it's just a movie about this team of evil humans working with maybe one Decepticon to 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 kill Autobots for their material, yeah. which is what they're doing, and Optimus is struggling with wanting to even bother saving Earth. Although it, it you feel like you have to like. He is conveniently forgetting all the humans that he's called friends over the last three yeah. movies to really have Why this Why didn't attitude, he call but... Sam Witwicky to, like, help him uh, talk to the president about all this, yeah. you know? Or, or the uh, the soldier dudes who were like, <laughs> they were my friends too, you know? Well, they all... it, it was Sam Witwicky who was his voice, though. Which, can I just point out, right? So there's less military shit in this, but there's almost none of it. If you don't, if you don't yeah. count the Black Ops team. and yeah, That stuff I didn't mind, though. But the reason why I'm bringing this up, and it's kind of amusing to me, is I've got two points on this. One, it's kind of weird that eventually, with everything happening, that, like, I get why, like, Sam should never have even shown up in the first sequel, never mind this one. But the soldier dudes, it feels a bit weird that them and John Totoro at some point don't, like, come, like, jetting in because they see that stuff's going down. But the bigger thing that made me laugh is that those first three movies are so, like, you know, American military, you know, rah rah, they're going to come and help save the day because the American military is great. The entire final set piece of this film, the big third act action scene where the city is being destroyed, takes place in China, and the <laughs> Chinese military just never shows up. <laughs> nope. <laughs> come on. They don't need to because everybody in China is a kung fu master. <laughs> <laughs> Which I appreciate. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. There's all yeah. There's a Chinese lady who works with Stanley Tucci who turns out to be kind of a badass. Uh, yeah. But she's another like just sort of like tacked on character for the most part. Because uh, Optimus's whole thing, though, just to get back to that for a second, is that he's basically done with everything, and then like one little speech from Mark Wahlberg seems to just kind of turn him around, and that's it. He's like, "All right, I'm going to wake up the the." the dino bots which also he actually says he's gonna kill somebody too in it he does and he he does at the end he shoots <laughs> kelsey Grammer in the face yeah he's like you're going to die like even though he swore never to kill a human well to be fair he does say that it's not like he's ignoring that he says i swore i'd never kill a human but if i find out who did this to ratchet they will die <laughs> like, okay so it was for ratchet because i yeah. was thinking this was this right after uh, Mark Wahlberg saves his daughter, mm. and and then he's like, "Whoever is doing this will die." I'm like, "Why do you care about his daughter that much?" But- no, nah, it was for Ratchet because because <laughs> they, they, they did react to the fact that like they're they're fellow, and it is kind of like interesting that all of the Autobots from the first movie, barring Bumblebee and Optimus, are all dead now. You know, Jazz died in the first movie, Ironhide died in the last movie, and then Ratchet, yeah. who was barely recognizable. Even, even though Ratchet looked the same for three movies, for some reason in this one, for his death, he just looks different and sounds different. I don't know. Awkward. But, okay, so you, you've got all that shit going on, right? And then Stanley Tucci's character has a face turn in the last chunk of the movie because 
you know, it turns out, and this is how they try and connect all these plots together, is that Galvatron, right, Megatron in this new body, which is a truck, right, uh, he's basically planted, again, quote-unquote, the seed for the for the bad guys to want the seed because he's going to use it to basically just destroy a city and grow an army of Transformers to, like, take over Earth, right? This is Megatron's big revenge. And when they try and tell Stanley Tucci this and Mark Wahlberg's all, you're an inventor, so you, you're good at heart. I know you are. So, like, don't do this. You're, you're just handing Galvatron what he wants. You know you're not in control of him. And he's already pointed out that, yeah, like, because Galvatron talks, and I remember thinking in that scene, like, should these ones that they've made just talk? Do they have personalities? But Stanley Tucci does say, why did he talk? He's not supposed to talk. So it's actually a plot point that he's talking. But Yeah. And but I I don't understand why he released him when they weren't ready with him yet. I, I oh, it's because it's because Kelsey Grammer forced them to because okay. uh, the Autobots were around. But it still seems like the wrong thing to do if they're still like testing. No, it is it absolutely is. So Stanley Tucci <laughs> has his doubts and then has to properly face turn, and he ends up running around Hong Kong with the main characters, like carrying this seed and trying to keep it from the bad guys. So that, that's how we get our humans running around as all the action's going on. And none of the action's as good as any of the action in the last movie, you know, in that third act. There was one set piece that I kind of liked, um, that when they're, like, walking, like, on a wire to try to get, like, this bridge made of wires and lines to try to get to, oh, yeah. like, well, from the spaceship to, uh, like, a, a, sky, a skyscraper. And I thought, this would be, like, an excellent final action piece for well that's the thing uh but it's not the the one thing i was going to jump in and sort of say there was that this isn't in the third act this is actually the end of the second act this is uh because you know so lockdown kidnaps optimus right but when he's kidnapping optimus after optimus has fought galvatron Mm -hmm. uh, in the net the daughter's caught up in it right so there's a whole thing where Wahlberg, the the boyfriend and the autobots like go up to this big ship that's about to leave and they rescue Optimus, they rescue the girl, and it's when they're escaping the ship, yeah, where the, it's, it's, it, they say it's the anchor lines that they've fired out that, that's like connected to a building, yeah, that they're, they're climbing across. But that's actually the end of Act 2. Like, like we're not even yeah. in the third act at that point. But I was thinking when I was watching it, like, this is a really, like, good set piece. So, like, trying to get off by, like, hanging on to, like, a literal mm. thread uh, it, to get to a skyscraper, like, doing this wire walk. Like, imagine, you know, the wind up there... And, you know, trying to talk his daughter, like, give her confidence to do it and, and, you know, stuff like that would be. And then, you know, Decepticon dogs are coming at them and he has to be a hero. Like, there's a lot of good things here that could work for an action set piece, especially if it's like kind of an IMAX and you get like a good shot of how far up they are and stuff like that. It could be real tense, but it's just played for laughs that don't work. And... Like, it's just the same standard set piece where they could have been, you know, 20 feet off the ground or, like, a foot off the ground. Like, it doesn't, it, like, they, they weren't acting like you would yeah. up there. And there was nothing to indicate other than, like, we know that where they are, that the dangers of this height. It, you know? it should have felt like that scene in Ghost Protocol, you know, Mission Impossible. Where nothing, he's on, yeah, nothing yeah. felt dangerous about it. Yeah. You you get the sense of height of the vertigo or anything like that, yeah. It's just... It, yeah, so one of the things I wanted to bring up is, so, while the, fight, while the fighting's happening in the city, and it turns out Optimus and the samurai robot, uh, why there's a samurai robot with a Japanese accent, like, who knows? Uh, but, like, 
yeah it's ken watanabe we love you but like oh yeah he's great but i'm glad you got a good paycheck <laughs> but again there... just like people you love in a transformers movie for some reason yeah i got really confused though where these transformer dinosaurs came from though because obviously these are the ones that are meant to have been here since you know before the idea being that some dinosaurs get turned into transformers or the transformers mimic the dinosaurs back in prehistoric times whatever the case was that's what i was thinking but yeah I was confused where they came from in the scene, though, because yeah. when Optimus went over and pulled out the sword in the ship, it seemed like they were just in the ship, and they came out the ship, and I'm like, wait, they were just in here the whole time, so they were inside, uh, like, so Lockdown had them in this, because this is a ship they've stolen from Lockdown, this is part of his ship, so they just had these inside the ship, and then Optimus wakes them up and sort of, like, tames the beast a bit and says, no, you're going to work with us, we're going to go fight the bad guys. Oh, you get them from, like, the side of a mountain. Is it the side of a mountain? Because what... the sword's in the ship, though, right? Because he goes out of the ship. Because the other two Autobots are trying to trying to leave, and they start walking through the forest. Well, yeah, but the ship's, like, parked at there, though. Oh, maybe. That, that, this maybe is what I'm saying. I was, I was legitimately confused. Like, were they buried somewhere here in China? And that's why they've came here specifically. This is why they've landed in the forest. But it, but but the shot of them waking up looked like they were just in the ship because it, it was like they were in like sort of shackles inside the ship. Well, honestly, that's better because I I really rolled my eyes when they just appeared over the hill like Gandalf on the third day. I mean, I think either <laughs> way though, deep, you know, <laughs> I think either way they're not built up enough. And honestly, like I thought they were going to come from because we find that one in the Ace at the start of the movie. And That's honestly, where I it was gonna come, yeah, yeah, that was going to come back to life. But it doesn't. It's, it's these other ones that they have. Um, I mean, you presume that if the, maybe they've collected them because the, these have all been found in the ice and that's why they're on the ship. But the movie never makes that clear. The movie never goes into that. So we, we just have these dinosaur transformers all of a sudden. And the thing you've been waiting for because it's all over the trailers and posters. And it's like so far into the movie and it's not built up. It feels so tacked on as well. They feel like an afterthought in a movie yeah. where they're... It's, they, they the have payoff been the, is just not worth it. They have been the marketing linchpin of this entire movie. That, that's, Called that's what, Age of Extinction <laughs> and you have a poster with Optimus Prime riding a metal dinosaur Yeah, but that breathes fire. They, they, are, they are so... <laughs> but they are, they are an afterthought. That, that is all I can think of when they pop up. They feel just tacked on into this third act. When... The two things that have been set up, and it's, it's still too much, don't get me wrong. Like, all the Galvatron stuff with Stanley Tucci, and then all the stuff with Lockdown and the creators of the Transformers, those should be two different movies. Those should be two separate plots where they can focus on each one properly. But instead, they're they're mingled here. And because of that, there's points where, like, Kelsey Grammer's running around, and, uh, like, he's, he's, he's heavily featured for, like, a bit of the thing, the third act. And then other stuff happens and he's like gone for so long and then all of a sudden after like another 15 minutes we just cut to him running somewhere and it's like oh i guess he's still around and then he's yeah. then he's important again because then he's, he's threatening mark Wahlberg and try to shoot him and that's when optimus prime shoots him in the face i just can't believe how bored i am watching oh, yeah. so much action it's so yeah like i love action movies i just get so stinking bored when i watch these transformers films like the last acts are always just so heavy on just you know eye stimulation that it just makes me want to look away and look at something else take a nap it's so <laughs> i think part of it is how michael bay's shooting the action right and it was at its worst than transformers 2 but 
it's yeah. still quite choppy it's still lots of quick cuts and all that stuff but I, I think the other problem of course is just like your investment in the characters and what their goal is if you cared about the characters and what they were trying to do you'd be way more into it because all the action would have stakes instead it just kind of feels like especially now because this is the fourth movie like i think th- this whatever it, the fourth movie was going to be would have benefited from more of a gap and obviously we were mm-hmm. watching it you know two weeks after we did the last one but i think at the time i remember feeling that one like i feel like you did everything you could do with this series up until this point and we're just kind of repeating beats we're just we're doing similar things again we've got characters running through and yeah, Mark Wahlberg like finds an alien gun at one point, which conveniently is small enough for him to use. Yeah, even it's though... all human-sized weapons on this place. <laughs> well, no, there, there is like huge ones. There's like a huge axe and a hammer and stuff, but obviously they don't go for that. I, and I was like, oh, it's convenient. There's one that's just small enough that a human can... How can you even pull the trigger <laughs> <laughs> on a gun designed for a Transformer? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it's one of those, the, the things with the characters in these movies is that they've been annoying and they've been, to an extent, useless. You know, Sam's, like, getting biggest sin was always that he just was unlikable and actually didn't really contribute anything, even though the movie pretended that he did. I mean, here, the three characters do help out the Autobots a couple times, which is fine, but I, I wouldn't say they ever feel like they're important because of who they are. They're just... It's just happenstance. They're around to, like, you know, fire a gun or drive a truck or whatever it may be. It's almost like like Optimus really doesn't owe them anything except that they brought him back to life. But then, like, that's it. He doesn't have any kind of connection to these characters either. Other than, like, thanks for the assist. Uh, good luck. Let me know what happens. <laughs> it should be his interaction with this family. Yeah, but at the end, he's like, Autobots, I am leaving, but protect this family as they have protected you. You know? (laughs) (laughs) They're mostly just trying to save the daughter (laughs) all the time. And her boyfriend turns out to be like a real asshole. There's one line there he says, like, "I'm, I'm not going to save your daughter, you're going to save my girlfriend, to her father? Like, that's such a dick thing to say to a dad. Like, clearly one uh, takes priority over the other. Like, yeah, the dad is like family. You know, you're the boyfriend. <laughs> it's not the same tier. What if they were married, though? With husband? A husband would supersede father. Uh, maybe. I don't know. If he's this much of a dick, then... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think he does because, you know, you, you've chosen a husband, so therefore there's, like, a bit more agency in that versus your father. But... I mean, I think the point the movie's trying to get at, though, is that immediately because he's like, ah, no boyfriends. Oh, you've got a boyfriend. Who's this asshole? Like, it kind of becomes this, like, dick measuring contest between them, like, the entire time. Uh, I mean, he did want to take his daughter to prom. (laughs) Oh, he did. Actually, you're right. He's like, I'll I'll, I'll take you to prom. Uh, (laughs) And, of course, no one wants that. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) Yeah. Do they allow that in Texas? Because they don't really allow adults at proms uh i don't know i've definitely seen other like movies and tv shows where the, the, the like the, the high schoolers are allowed to bring dates that aren't students at that school which at my prom wasn't a thing like only people who could go were the, the students who went to the I school i think maybe <laughs> if they're like immediately um like they they went to that school the previous year or something maybe but like yeah i don't i don't think so i think it's something you have to 
or if they're from another school that's the same age. Mm. But I don't think, um, I don't know. I never went to prom. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Just, just thought. I just, sometimes I'm not sure if this is a movie thing. And the funny thing is, is the U.S. is so goddamn big that it's entirely possible. You can have a chaperone, but like, not. I don't think you could bring in like they're not dancing. Like the parents aren't dancing out there with the kids. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and they, like I say, the U.S. is so big though that it's entirely possible that there's some states that are more like this versus others. You know, like uh, the- Texas would be one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Oh uh, yes, bring your father to prom and have a and have a sh- shooting competition. Probably that's that's Texas. The proms are just a bull riding competition. Yes, bull ride. Everyone's got a cowboy hat on. Uh, they, they, they do like uh, they get the bottles on like a thing and like shoot the bottles for, for points. They win a game, and whoever wins gets to be prom queen. That's the that's that's how Texas proms work. I've to say I have been to Texas once. Or twice, I should say. And it was all right. Actually, there was really good vegan food. I was surprised. I thought I would struggle, but some really great vegan places in uh, where did I go? Dallas. Yeah. I imagine the big cities are probably friendly with that sort of thing. Yeah, but they have the worst roads. Like no one ever fixes a pothole on like the freeway. Come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre towns that you have to. You probably have trouble. Be a vegan. I went to the um. <laughs> that movie might actually turn people vegan. But, yeah. <laughs> I did go to uh, the. Oh, I can't remember the name of the city, but they have a video game museum there. I did go do that. It was fun. Uh-huh. I, I can't help but notice that you were avoiding Transformers Four by talking about, <laughs> about this. Were we not done? I don't think we're quite done. Uh, T.J. Miller got incinerated. About uh, forty minutes into the movie, yeah, he he maybe had like twenty lines total. That's pretty good. He had a bit more than that, but yeah, he he's around for the first act, which you know, in a movie that's a slow and the first act's quick. Cause the that, incineration scene actually was pretty violent. I thought that was interesting for a PG thirteen. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, he, he he sort of just disappears out of the flames, but then when they disappear, he does like this charred, like melted yeah, body. Like a, <laughs> yeah, like I don't know, the special effect is done well, where it's like superimposed with the him and the charred. It almost looks like you see a skeleton for a second, and then that gets charred. Yeah. Oh, which reminds me, actually, they, they play up a lot of. Uh, it's not too much, admittedly, but they, there is a few times where they'll play up. Like uh, the daughter and the boyfriend, like having kind of not, I guess innuendo is the best word for it. But like when they're driving away, like so, so when everything goes down, when the government bad guys show up to try and find Optimus and they threaten to shoot the daughter, like you know, they're just like, oh, they're just making making it clear they're villains, and Optimus eventually jumps out and says, "Screw this, I'm helping this family," and we have this big chase scene. Uh, they end up driving. This is when the boyfriend comes up in his car and he says, "Come in," and there's a lot of like you know, realizations this is our boyfriend in the car as they're driving at high speeds. And we hear that he's a driver, that he actually does racing for his profession. And Sponsored by Red Bull. He's sponsored by Red Bull. And he's driving all over the place. And they go into this, like, construction site, or this, like, abandoned construction site, and you get the impression they've been here before because she says to him, do the thing. 
right? Do, do the thing, Shane. And he's like, yeah, all right. And he's like, what thing? And Shane turns and goes, okay, baby, grab the stick. And he turns to uh, Wahlberg and says, she's the best on the stick or something like that. He's got a line like that. And it's very like... <sighs> like obviously he's being literal in the scene but obviously the whole point of it is that the audience is like ah he's talking about his dick actually when the when the car first showed up because he drives up in the car and he's just kind of waiting and we know optimus is there and like i thought i thought it was an autobot as well yeah i thought it was an autobot and then like we see the car like take off at one point get get airborne and like the tire punches a guy oh <laughs> yeah, the yeah bad guys yeah so, so and i was like oh yeah it's an autobot like he's doing all these tricks and stuff like oh it's just a human driving that car <laughs> now i don't buy this at all yeah <laughs> when he when he drives into the scene he like comes over a hill and he actually hits a guy in the face with the, the wheel we get like a slow motion shot of the wheel just hitting someone in the face yeah um, so i'm like oh yeah autobot <laughs> yeah yeah no i agree because when he first drives up and you see the car sitting there it looks like there's no driver which is why i thought autobot yeah. Yeah. that turns out it's uh shane you can't trust any cars in this but yeah there's a, there's a jump on the construction site which is like three floors up and there's like a ramp at the bottom to land on so clearly this is something that he set up or racers or stunt it's drivers use incredibly here incredibly dangerous yes uh, but he does this and obviously the car chasing them just falls to their death because they, they're not stunt drivers so uh not that it matters after this because then uh explosions boom boom cargo bye bye yeah yeah uh and the middle of the movie is like so they, they discover stanley tucci's company's doing all this stuff with transformium and all that and the blonde lady works for him she has nothing to do she's just a, she's just next to stanley tucci for a lot of the movie and that's all she is uh, he flirts with her at one point yeah but then he decides he's into the asian lady instead and says he loves she her she does come clue yeah um it's never as bad as anything Totoro said in the last couple of movies but uh, she's much younger than him though like at least the other the blonde lady looked a little bit more age appropriate <laughs> he's like oh never mind i got this young hottie over here <laughs> yeah she's younger but she's not in high school young so no uh, you know this is the standard we're working with here but not, nothing he said here though was ever as bad as ethan Totoro said because he, he does like it does come off as like a michael bay lane where he's, he sort of steps in after she kicks someone's ass he's like I think I love you. And he goes in for a kiss. And she just kind of turns him around instantly. She doesn't get awkward about it. She's just like, no, shut, shut up, you stupid man. Go in there. So it, it plays, you know, quick and innocent Better. enough. But uh, it still felt like a, like a, like this This is a man in a Michael Bay movie who's attracted to someone and this is how he's going to show it by just immediately jumping to it's nonsense like that. So Come on, Stanley Tucci. You were in Big Night. Yeah. <laughs> the, the middle of the movie though is like them deciding to infiltrate stanley tucci's lab so we get a whole scene where like he sends his daughter and her boyfriend to steal supplies from a store and then like they get like fake ids and they're going to like sneak into the building and it's like a, it's like a whole like spy movie like for like five minutes all of a sudden honestly this the last third of this film is just like every single summer blockbuster genre in one you get like your sci-fi action with aliens. You get like disaster films, your action films, your spy movies. Like it's just like anything that's popular. Dinosaur movies. We're just gonna make it all one film, <laughs> and it's so annoying. <laughs> it's so annoying. Uh... So you make it, pick a lane. 
<laughs> and Autobots roll out on that lane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Optimus has a slight upgrade because he, when he finally turns back into like a, a nose truck, he he bases it on a truck that he drives by, and it's got more curves than the the old model. Like he looks a little bit curvier than the last three movies. Yeah, his fire decal looks better too. So that's the thing. I don't have much to say. Honestly, it's, it's shocking how little we care about talking about the dinosaurs. But yeah, Optimus rides like a T Rex robot and. Uh, fire. The samurai one, I think, is riding a triceratops-looking robot. How did they feel about that? Because, I mean, didn't we say before, or in the last film, like, uh, are the ships they riding also Transformers? Like, are those ships okay? Are they just inside of another Transformer? They've never... Like, we, we've seen these, these Dinobots, like, walk out, and they're, like, these sentinel-looking um, Transformers, and then they turn into... Yeah, they have a humanoid beast. shape as well, yeah. Um, I don't yeah. think I don't think the ships that they're they're flying are. I th- I think those are just no, ships. No, but we had that discussion. Like, would yeah. they be okay with that? And here they're just like Optimus is like, okay, you're in beast mode, so or dinosaur mode, so I'm gonna ride you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Optimus and Bumblebee seem fine with humans riding them, so I, I guess it's yeah, I guess it's just part of their culture. Yeah, it's just similar. <laughs> we're, we're vehicles and mounts were there to be ridden, uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, honestly, it's actually shocking to me how little, like, the dinosaur robots matter. Obviously, it's supposed to be this, like, these new sets of allies and this upgrade for, like, them charging in and fighting the the bad guys, but it's over so quick, and it feels like it's never the real threat. Like, Lockdown feels like the real threat when he shows back up, because he's actually shot Mm -hmm. Optimus and almost killed him. He feels like he's actually tough to kill, Uh, but eventually, you know, the humans help, like, unstab optimus who's been stabbed by his sword and then he kills uh lockdown and that's basically it the movie ends with optimus saying that he's going to go look for the creators he's he's like because he's got this target on him the creators want him uh and they're going to keep coming it's unsafe for everyone on earth for him to stay here so he's he he, he jetpack he he doesn't have a jetpack though he's just just got rocket boots now uh (laughs) so he he just flies off but he's like Stay away from Earth, creators. I am coming. <laughs> and that's which that's, I hope that means there are no humans in the next movie. That would be great, but Mark Wahlberg's definitely back. He's in the he was in the trailer. <laughs> I think it's Mark Wahlberg and like a new teenage girl. I want to say. Oh great! I don't know if <laughs> I, I think maybe the daughter and the boyfriend are back as well. But the trailer, if I recall, it was like a like a runaway teenage girl or something is like the main character. Yeah, it's the Dora the Explorer girl. Oh, she was, she was in the, sure. the live action Dora movie, I think. You, you, uh, I'll take your word for it. You'll know better than I. I think. I think I know. I think I remember now. I'm oh. thinking about the trailer. Yeah. But, um. Yes, I think you're right. There are humans, unfortunately, because it also looks like it's doing some sort of play on King Arthur in the trailer, if I remember correctly. Which would, I don't know, I, I guess I was assuming before you mentioned the, the girl that this was going to be a time travel <laughs> Yep. Well, I don't think it's time travel, no. No. I think it's no, just... No, probably not. Using... I thought I remember there was like some sort of King Arthur thing. There is, but I, I, I think it's just like using the themes of King Arthur or... 
Like, okay. I, I was, sh- so I was, I was shocked. Some dragons. I was shocked watching this again, though, that there's a scene where Optimus pulls a sword out of what's effectively a stone. Because I'm like, I thought that'd be the next one. Because the next one's the King Arthur <laughs> movie. <laughs> Why is he doing this here? <laughs> I wanted this. To, I wanted the next one to be his army of darkness. Oh, that'd be wild. I'm just so Anthony Hopkins. Oh, Josh Duhamel's back in the next one. So a character from the first trilogy's uh returning. Needs that money. Fascinating. Uh, Stanley Tucci's back, but he's playing Merlin. What? Okay, so. Maybe there is some time travel. <laughs> uh, well, no, it could just be. Maybe they'll do a thing where they'll start with a flashback to King Arthur times. Okay. And maybe they're going to we'll say get a Transformer Dragon. Maybe Stanley Tucci's like the ancestor of himself. Like he's, uh, like you know, this Stanley oh, Tucci's okay, the descendant okay. of of Merlin. <laughs> and he's got he's got the all spark. That's where his magic comes from. Mm. Yeah. Oh God. I I don't know what to expect. I, I hope it, they all transform into like trebuchets and like wagons <laughs> this is the only one i've not seen uh last the last night so i am like are I'm... they going to be are they going to be responsible for the black death like is now retconned into being a decepticon thing <laughs> transformers has actually killed the dinosaurs and caused a bubonic plague <laughs> <laughs> but there was no bubonic plague it was transformers the whole time honestly the the biggest thing i would say about this movie obviously it's long obviously it's tedious and it's overstuffed and all the rest of it but my biggest thing at this point is is that it has nothing new to really offer after the last three movies so at this point i'm just so tired like we talked about last time like the action was better and it was probably better overall but because it was the third outing a lot of the stuff that was bugging us was starting to feel even worse this one is like even though some of the bad stuff is a little toned down like i felt much worse with this one because i was just like so bored and so like it was it was a like i watched it in three sittings and it was tough paying attention like you say i probably would rewatch the last one over this one if i were forced to watch them again <laughs> yes <laughs> i just found out that um riff tracks has done you know oh. obviously some tracks for the transformers film and i thought oh this will make it watching it better but it, they only did it for the first three I'm like, dang it, missed my opportunity to watch um, it with the rift tracks. You can't watch rift tracks with your viewing for the re- review. No, no. You wouldn't. You wouldn't have to know. <laughs> no, I, I, I that's just, it. Maybe no. would have helped me pay more attention to the last one. <laughs> I, I, I don't approve of that one, one bit. Um, you watch movies your way. I'll watch them my way. <laughs> no, you're not feeling the misery properly. <laughs> if you're watching with like a funny comedy point. track but no they make movies better no you have to come in here and if it's a painful experience you have to come in here and be able to talk about the pain that's 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 how this works you just want someone to wallow with you in this misery this yes. pool of misery I don't deny it <laughs> We'll drown together. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Transformers 4, it sucks. I mean, are we surprised at that? Um, and it kind of ends with... Uh, maybe cliffhanger is not the right word, but it ends with this obvious lead-in to the next movie. And it's saying something that I did not even consider. 
<laughs> like seeing the the one that came after this. I was like, no, I'm just done. I'm just done. I can't do it anymore. Did you see this one in the theaters? I did, but this was when I had an early movie show with Matt, and I think I only saw it because so we could talk about it on that show. Mm. So I think the third one would have been the last one I had seen if it wasn't for that reason. Well, at least a beautiful friendship came out of it. But and the reason why I remember that is because I remember Matt complaining that I made him go see it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, on that subject, Rise of the Beast of Sintara, looking forward to it. Um, I did see a trailer when I went and saw Guardians, mm-hmm. and it looks better. Mm-hmm. It does look better. I, I'm not ready to call it good. But it definitely looks like it's going to be better than any other stuff that we've watched so far. There was a, a thing that went viral the other day where a movie theater somehow played both the Transformers Rise of the Beast trailer at the same time in sync with the Little Mermaid trailer. And Oops. it it was this, it's, it looked kind of funny because even the titles at the end kind of synced up. So it looked like this insane movie about a mermaid also had Transformers in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, know, you have movies about apes, I'm going to be more interested. Yes, there's a transformer ape in in this one. Yeah, so Optimus uh, Primal. Yep, that's the one. But we have the fifth movie to go first. Uh, That's not next though. Uh, Next time we're doing uh, the last Patreon vote winner, which is the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So that's what's coming next. And then after that, we're doing not the next Transformers, right? We're doing um, Tron Legacy. I mean, let me double check the schedule here. Because the whole point was to get Tron Legacy in. For my birthday. <laughs> I, I recall, yes. Um, let me... I have also purchased my ticket for Transformers. That's good. I noticed uh, that no one else had pre-ordered a ticket when I picked my seat. It was completely open. There you go. That's good. Uh, so, no, 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 no. It's Transformers 5. Tron Legacy is after Transformers 5. Oh. Okay. I feel like we're <laughs> past my birthday then. It's it's a couple of days after your birthday. Okay. <laughs> I accept. Uh, well, actually, maybe maybe, maybe a week. I guess the week start on the twenty ninth. So I think I think by the time we do it, it'll be a week. But that's okay. You still got to pick a movie for your birthday. We we have to get Transformers in though, because Rise of the Beast is a week after that. Yeah. Okay. So. It, it is better to space them out. Yeah. Yeah. So we're alternating to between Transformers buffer. and other things. Yeah. <laughs> So, Invasion of the Body Snatchers for the 50s next. So, something different. Something, you know, complete opposite of Transformers. I don't know. No, I have seen this movie. It's yeah. just been a long time. Yeah, I've, I've seen the original uh, original <laughs> Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Yeah. So, no. That, that's next time on the show. But we have to rate this one. So, uh, Age of Extinction, Tara. Is it... The Rage of Extinction? Ah. It's, yeah, it sucks. Um, I'm going to give it a three. I think that's as high as I'm willing to go for it. Because it sucks. And what? maybe it would have been a four if it were like two hours. Maybe even a five if it were less than two hours. But like, it's so long and drawn out and awful. So it's a three. What did I give the last ones? I think... Did I give the first one, like, a... Did I, did I go as high as a six for the first one? I can't remember. Or maybe not. Maybe I think it was we like, both gave it five. Five, five sounds right. I gave, a, I gave the second, second one, one a, two, a one. 
I think I gave that a two or something. I think the last one we both gave around a three. No, I think it was a bit higher than that. Maybe I want to say three or four. I think it was a four. I think this. Yeah, I'll agree with the three. Maybe three point five. If I'm, if I'm being, if I'm being generous, but three. You don't have to be. It's Michael Bay. Yeah, the the point is is that it's it's lower than Dark of the Moon comfortably, uh, but it's not as bad as Revenge of the Fallen. That's that's the that's the important thing to know. So, there you go. Uh, that is, uh, Age of Extinction. I have to think about the title of the movie was there. <laughs> uh, so let us know what you think of the movie if you've seen it. Unfortunately, in the comments below, like, subscribe, oh. ding the bell for notifications, all that stuff. But of course, you can support all the content over at patreon.com slash TV. Uh, we get bonus episodes every month. Uh, we recently did Species 3. Um, and coming up soon, we're going to do the first ever Gamera movie. But there's, there's almost 50 full episodes on Patreon now. Uh, exclusive variety of B-movies, directed video sequels, and all sorts of shenanigans. So... Check it out. Plus, Meltdown is our show at the five dollar tier. Where we just talk about what movies we've been watching. If you want a casual sort of movie chat between us, uh, plus there's bonuses for the other movie shows uh, on Mail Fuzz movies, such as the Collector's Cut and Screams After Midnight. So go and support the show and get some extra content. Anything you'd like to add, Tara? No. You looked. You looked like you were thinking about something when I gave some examples of what was coming up. Nope. Like you had something. I hear my dog, like, dying oh. in the other room. Okay. I I thought you were like, wait, is that what we're doing next? I thought we were doing, I don't know, insert. We already had that discussion. Insert Tara movie. <laughs> anyway, that is uh, that is the show. That has been the Atomic Cinema Experiment. Thank you very much for joining us. We always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction and computer and salsa.